Hey there, today's episode is brought to you by Chargebee and Vitaly. Chargebee helps SaaS businesses minimize voluntary churn through personalized cancellation experiences. So if you're looking to launch quick retention experiments or A-B test offers for a certain cohort of customers, either by plan, churn risk status, or product engagement, Chargebee helps you do just that and more. If you're interested in learning more, you can visit chargebee.com forward slash churnfm. That's C-H-A-R-G-E-B-E-E dot com forward slash C-H-U-R-N-F-M. And Vitaly is bringing in a new era for customer success productivity with their all-in-one customer success platform. Vitaly gives you unmatched visibility into your company's health and success, and now you can measure operational strategies on customer outcomes at scale with goals directly in Vitaly. They're also currently giving away a free pair of AirPods to all ChurnFM listeners when you take a qualified demo with them. So if you're in the market for a CS platform, visit vitally.io forward slash ChurnFM today to schedule your demo and get your AirPods. That's V-I-T-A-L-L-Y dot I-O forward slash C-H-U-R-N-F-M. If you decide to check either of them out, please make sure to use the links quoted as it allows them to measure the ROI of this campaign and helps me retain them as our sponsors to continue producing ChurnFM as an independent creator. With that being said, let's jump to today's episode. Hey, it's Andrew and today on the show we have Megan McMullen, Outreach Lead at Meet Edgar. In this episode, we discussed in depth how Meet Edgar uses office hours, webinars and educational content as a channel to talk to customers at scale, gather feedback, build a robust community, and ultimately improve retention. Megan also shares the exact formula Meet Edgar uses to measure the effectiveness of the efforts in reducing churn, how she passes the qualitative data collected to the product team, and how they use Facebook ads as an engagement and reactivation channel for their users. As usual, I'm excited to hear what you think of this episode, and if you have any feedback, I would love to hear from you. You can email me directly on andrew at churn.fm. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and enjoy the episode. How do you build a habit for a product? And we saw these, these different... don't just gun for revenue in the door. This is churn.fm, the podcast for subscription economy pros. Each week, we hear how the world's fastest growing companies are tackling churn and using retention to fuel their growth. How do you build a habit-forming product? We crossed over that magic threshold to negative churn. You need to invest in customer success. It always comes down to, to retention and engagement. Completely bootstrap, profitable, and growing. Strategies, tactics, and ideas brought together to help your business thrive in the subscription economy. I'm your host, Andrew Michael, and here's today's episode. Hey, Megan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me today. It's great. It's great to have you. For the listeners, uh, Megan is the outreach lead at Meet Edgar. And Meet Edgar is a bootstrap social media automation tool that helps small businesses succeed in social media marketing. They're a fully remote team and have built the business up to 4 million ARR, serving over 7,000 customers. Megan leads the execution of onboarding activities and helps teach customers how to win new customers, create raving fans, and nurture an engaged community. Prior to Meet Edgar, Megan worked in customer success at Captain U with a focus on customer onboarding. So my first question for you, Megan, is why the focus on onboarding and why do you think it is important? 
Yeah, great question. So onboarding, especially when it comes to software, where no one wants to take a huge amount of time to set it up, especially a software like ours, where we promise saving you time, onboarding just gives you not only the ability to build trust with your followers right from the start, get them to their first win right away, but it also allows for you to make sure people are getting set up from the beginning in the way that it's going to help them grow with the software depending upon their goals. So we found that upfront putting in the time and putting in a little bit more effort of hands-on effort really sets people up to stay with us much longer in the future. Cool. So you mentioned a couple of things I want to touch on and let's take them in order. I think the first thing um, that you mentioned was get customers to their first win. Uh, what does that mean? What does it look like and how do you get them there? Yeah, great question. So it's this concept that people are going to be really excited when they see results and they see success right away. When you're marketing to your customers, typically you want to market the results they're going to get and you want to deliver on that right away. So getting people to their first win when it comes to um, our software is essentially getting you to send out your social media posts right away to get our tool to send it out and for you to see the benefit of not having to log into your accounts and actually do that work. However, it takes some time to get set up, getting your social media updates into our software and setting up the schedule. And with our software, it really comes down to teaching people the strategies in order to do that the quickest. So getting people to their first win for us means paying attention to what our power users do, which is they batch their content and they make sure that they do all of this in a really streamlined fashion. So if we can teach that to our users at the beginning and make sure that people are getting these behaviors that we see people who are with us longer take part in. Um, it really has led to us making sure that we can get people excited to continue to build up their libraries and continue to use the software since we do have a monthly subscription for them. So these behaviors month over month will just go ahead and compound and make sure that people continue to be excited uh, with the workflows that our software is promising them. Cool. So I was going to take them in order, but you've opened up a few other things till we get to that order now. So the next thing you mentioned now was the concept of power users and uh, focusing on what they're doing. Uh, how do you, first of all, identify who these users are and then why do you focus on what they're doing? Yeah, so I think it's all about finding the bright spots and not building things in a vacuum, as so many people say not to do, but it is hard to kind of uh, reach out and really truly understand the mindset behind the users who stay with you the longest. So identifying power users really goes into looking, you know, the lifetime value, the people who are staying with you the longest, those are the people you want to look at what they're doing. And if you're not paying attention to what they're doing, rather you're just paying attention to what you want people to do, you might be missing out on a huge segment of users who could benefit from um, different behaviors. So say perhaps we think that you should set up your categories in our system first. However, we've recently realized that people who get their time slots on the schedule first without customizing their categories are actually the people who stay a little bit longer. And this goes into really digging deep, not only in doing things like customer interviews, but also just looking at the data of how people are setting up using different tools to do that um, can lead, like I said, to different ways on how we want to educate and how we want to teach people. And without that, it's just something that we looking at our software every single day might have missed saying, you know, this flow makes sense for us, but that's not the flow that the people who are staying with the longest um, or who will get set up the quickest are taking. So it's really being so uh, conscious of those behaviors, of what your users are actually doing, not what you want them to do. That makes the biggest difference. And I'll tell you, you know, 
we find that doing things that might be a little bit more hands-on to gather this information that might take a little bit more time not only gives us that information but it builds a stronger relationships for things like um, word of mouth marketing from these power users too when we get them on the phone when we sit down with them and do screen shares um, to look at kind of what they're doing and offer them some compensation in return of course um, but having that connection and having that trust built up between them actually being able to talk to us and have a face behind the software um, has really led to some great word of mouth marketing for us as well. I can imagine. But what also comes to mind is 7,000 customers, uh, or at least over 7,000 customers. How do you scale this and how are you able to effectively be able to get on the phone with these customers? Like, What, what tricks do you have at uh, Nidedka? Yeah, great question. So we are a very small customer support team. There's just two of us who work with 7,000 users, like you said. So we have to be really intentional of how we use our time and educating people. So there is a few things that we've done. You know, with the trends of online learning these days, one thing that we've really set up in order to give people their own ability to master the software, obviously, is a help center. But beyond that, we want to make sure we have that high touch and have that community feel with people. But without losing a ton of time or having to hire a ton more customer support people. So what we've done is established daily office hours where we go in for an hour and we open up just a Zoom call. We open up on a program that we use called Demio, whatever it means works for you. You can set up an hour where you're going to be in there on that screen share and your customers can pop in and out during the hour just to ask their questions, to see a demo of something, um, to chat about the goals that they have and how best to set up the software. And we find just doing this for an hour allows us to reach between five and six people in that hour, where before we were doing one-on-one -on -one calls to set this up, which is a little bit harder to scale, obviously, with that many people. And it gives us the opportunity to reach people every single day. So if you just have a question you want to pop into and ask for 15 minutes, or if you want to stay for the whole time and listen to what other people have to ask, we see that it provides a sense of community. And some people will just pop in there to see, you know, hey, what do I not know? What questions do other people have? that I might not actually be able to, um, to realize as well. And this not only allows us to educate our users, but during that time, it allows us to see, you know, what questions they're asking. It allows us to ask them questions about what industry they're in and all of this stuff that helps us personalize our app more, helps us personalize the user emails and how we're communicating to people, lets us ask questions such as, you know, in our user updates, would you rather read about workflows or watch a video about how to do it so that everything we're doing to educate our users can really be tailored to what they want. So again, it doesn't have to be something where you're doing one-on-one -on -one calls all the time and doing this one hour out of every day has really helped us not only be able to feed this information back to our product team and become that bridge with them and become that bridge with the marketing team to let people know you know these are the users who are succeeding this is who we should be reaching to really make an impact all of this stuff can be brought together when you put like customer support in the seat of really having the responsibility of reducing churn and thinking about the ways that it can all work with your entire app and life cycle. Um, and, you know, beyond that, 
we do give people the opportunity to be educated um, with stuff like our office hours. We have something called Egger University, which we've seen a really great outcome from because we're not only teaching how to use our app in that, but it's a self-serve um, courses that are continuously being added to about marketing strategies. So our idea is this is a value that comes with your subscription to our app. And if we're continuously adding to it, you'll see that value of being educated on the broader side of marketing and social media. And that's just a value add so that when you're thinking about your monthly payments, it's not just for the app software that's saving you time, but you're also continuously being kept up to date on marketing strategies. And we all know these days, online education and courses are so hot topic and they're definitely the way that people are liking to learn. So paying attention to the trends going on in your industry too can really lead you to ways that you can produce these kind of high touch but scalable options of educating your customers to get to those wins. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I love the, the concept of the office hours as well. It's something that I haven't actually heard of uh, very often. Uh, like you hear it in different other circumstances uh, where people have open office hours and you can go in, but specifically in replace of sort of like the one-to-one book a call with a sales or support uh, or success uh, rep is quite an interesting concept. And I can see as well, like how it enables you to scale those conversations quite a bit more. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things you're trying to do to leverage these conversations then as well with your customers? So you mentioned like having a really positive word of mouth as a result of it. And uh, walk us through what like a typical uh, conversation would look like on that hour. Like what would be some of the questions that would be asked and how do you sort of maybe even deal with, like you said, five or six people on a call how are you dealing with like multiple people on a call at the same time? And uh, just give us a little bit more detail. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, it definitely depends how many people are in there. Sometimes we'll give access for people to have um, their microphone on if it's just like three people and typically that works well. Otherwise, we'll just keep it as a chat feature if there are a bunch of people on that day. Um, but typically how it starts out is we just ask people then, you know, say what industry you're in, which again allows us to collect this information, but we don't have to put it on our um, page for where you're signing up, which oftentimes can lead to less signups because you're asking for that extra field. So we found asking this in these calls is a lot better of a way for us to gain this information. Um, and then we ask people where they are in their life cycle. Typically before the calls, I will go ahead and check out the accounts of the people who have signed up for that day. I'll go in there and I'll see kind of where they are. But I also like to hear, you know, if they do feel like they're brand new or what questions they have. And then typically I'll just go off one by one. And, you know, you do find that people, especially um, who are there really do like to learn from the other questions. So don't stress too much about the fact that you're going to answer someone else's question who they might not um, be there. You know, it is for an entire hour. So those people who aren't interested in the answers, you can just say, you know, Hey, I'm going to go through these questions in this order, come back in when you hear yours and people can still be doing other things on their computer until they hear their question. Um, With the screen share, especially, it's very nice to be able to have people, you know, direct you to make sure that you're seeing kind of the flow that they're taking as well. Um, So asking people, you know, when you log in here, where are you going first to kind of have them actually describe it to you can be really helpful if you are on a call with fewer people. Um, So you can see the workflow and not kind of lead them in the same way. Again, feeding that back into the design of the app to make it more intuitive for our customers, stuff like that. Um, But typically the conversations just go with a quick setup demo. um, And then I ask for the questions that are a little more specific on the advanced features that people might like to know. 
And then beyond that, we really like to leverage these customer conversations by bringing some of the people, like I was mentioning, our power users into doing sessions with us. Um, so like I said, we're really high touch in a scalable way and that we do office hours every day. Um, we also do something called content batching parties once a month, which is where we send out an invite for everyone to come on in um, to a webinar software called Demio, where we can all hang out and we can take some time to actually write our status updates together. Uh, this is the main reason we do this is because we know we serve a lot of small teams and one person teams so that people can then come together and have that sense of community that they don't get when they're working alone. Um, and it also leads us again to have this way of saying, hey, this is really the efficient way of loading your account and really using our software. And we're teaching people like you could do this every single day. But if you come once a month to do this with us, you're not only gaining a community and being able to brainstorm, but you're also setting up the software in a way it's going to save you the most time. Um, and then beyond that, we do things called coffee chats where we invite in customers to go ahead and talk about something that they are especially a expert in. Um, last week, we did one on social media mindset for one of our customers who uses our software, but she is also a keynote speaker um, just on mindset stuff. And she came on in and talked about that. And we found that this is really great because we've had that connection with her. We know she's a power user and she had something to offer our community. Um, and the shortcut sessions are just smaller 20 minute periods where we invite our entire list, whether you're a user or whether you're just on our marketing list as a lead, we invite everyone to these. And we find that this is a really great cross between being able to bring in our existing customers as well as our leads, which builds trust so much faster than anything that we have seen because our existing customers will start to talk about the features they like and start to talk about things amongst each other. And then the leads who are there can start to kind of see those conversations play out and decide, you know, wow, this community is something I'd like to be a part of. Um, and all of these things, like I said, go into doing the office hours are an hour once a day. The content batching parties are usually an hour and a half once a month. And these shortcut sessions are run, these shortcut coffee breaks are run once a month for 20 minutes. So adding all that up, it is really not that much time to have these huge outreach campaigns to, like you mentioned, 7,000 users that we have and over 100,000 subscribers on our email list, but giving them these opportunities to come and have those one-on-one -on -one connections with us so that our website isn't just kind of faceless, but that we're really proving, um, you know, that we are worth sticking with over competitors, over those who might do the same thing as us because of this high touch ability to get in touch with us beyond just the email, beyond just the things that typical kind of um, software companies are doing. So it's thinking outside of the box and thinking how you can have these conversations with each segment of your audience um, in a really high touch yet scalable way. Yeah, so you mentioned it with each segment of your audience as well. And so just so I get this right uh, and understand who you're reaching with these various uh, calls and uh, things. So coffee chat, you mentioned, would be somebody typically a power user would talk about an area of expertise. And that you would open up to basically everyone. Anyone you have as a lead or is on your newsletter list or as a customer or user. Uh, then you have the content batching sessions. Is that for users and customers or just customers? Great question. That is just for users, which we do leverage in kind of our marketing as well, being like, hey, this is something that you're going to get if you come on in. So that is kind of gated to just if you're a subscriber to our software. Cool. And then the office hours, and is that just customers again, or is that open to leads as well? 
Yeah, so that's just customers as well. We do have an automated demo set up for our leads. We have found that we did one-on-one kind of demos with customers before, but we didn't find that it really added a lot of value to um, selling the software and it was kind of high touch. So we decided that instead of doing these one-on-one demos and being more of like salesy towards it, we're just going to do an automated demo if you want to see the product. And then after you're a part of the product, then you can come to these office hour sessions where we can get a little bit further into the setup sessions. Very cool. Um, So the next thing is what you mentioned, like the content batching. And I love this concept sort of uh, taking one of the like main tasks typically that might seem mundane for the everyday user and like, building a community around it and sort of maybe even motivating people to get this done as a group, sort of having peer pressure to some extent. Um, What was the idea behind this? And like, what are some of the things that happen on a typical session like this? Yeah, great question. So one of the main ideas behind this was that, you know, we promise saving you about eight hours a week on your social media. Um, Yet a lot of our users, uh, we were finding in our feedback responses, our cancellation feedback, a lot of people were saying, you know, it takes too long to set up. I just don't have the time right now since we do market towards usually small businesses and one person marketing teams. A lot of the feedback for people dropping off in their first month was I don't have the time to get set up right now. So brainstorming this in a way of saying, okay, how can we keep these people past their one month period? Because really, if you stay with the software for three months, you're going to see a ton more returns if you're building up your content in this way. Um, so it was just an idea born out of the feedback we saw in our cancellation survey that we have um, saying, if we can get people to understand all they have to do is write social media updates once a month, batch it out. This not only allows you to uh, take a task that you might be doing every single day and you might be task switching a lot. So you're losing a lot of time during that. Um, but it also allows us then to take these users who might have been feeling like, I never get my questions answered when I email support in the past, not with us, but with other products, you know, they might have this mindset being like, ah, customer support, people helping with software. They might've had terrible experiences before. And this allows us to prove to them, you know, no, you can come in and ask your questions live, get this answered um, and really see that high touch um, ability to say, you know, we are a community here. We are here to not only support you in, Uh, just being an automation software, but like you said, getting the right mindset and getting the right efficiencies in your business overall. Um, Because really when it comes down to it, our values at Meet Edgar, our internal values, um, one of them is value for value. So the value we offer, we want it to match the value they offer, as well as the value that the company offers should match the value that the employee feels. Um, So this is a really important value for us and we truly do live by it. So it's just something else that is really driven by the core concepts and the mission of our product internally and externally. And we really hope our um, community feels that in a way, because when it comes down to it, you know, people are going to remember how you made them feel as a software company far more than they're going to remember just a random email teaching them how to do something. Um, so these are hour and a half typically uh, that we go in there, you know, people can pre-submit questions. So we make sure we have a list of questions where we're just going through and answering sort of set up questions for people if they have them. And then teaching the concept of batching things out and doing the math within the software saying, you know, this is how many updates you need to load this month if you want this many to send out on social media. So we help them do the math there. And then we just brainstorm ways that they can keep a consistent story and have a really consistent social media schedule going out that provides their value. The value to their followers being that they're really diverse and consistent social media feed to follow. 
Um, and just talking about all of these things that might not be really top of mind when you're using just software, you know, thinking about your whole business um, and how this software can really help to streamline other efficiencies that way. And we've seen really great returns. Um, and, you know, these parties also allow us to see, okay, if the person signed up and they didn't come, let's do some more personalized outreach to them. If the people signed up and after the party, they didn't actually add content to their account so we can compare how much content they had before and how much after, that's another signal to us to pay attention to, okay, this cohort of people didn't add content after the content batching party this month. Let's reach out with a little bit more of a uh, motivational e email. Let's reach out with a little more support with a video, you know, a Loom video showing them how to do something. Let's reach out offering them, you know, access to office hours and make sure that they know we're here for them because they're going to be a little more at risk than the people who actually took the steps to add content. So it's a really great thing for us to keep an eye on kind of our at-risk people as well before and after these parties. I just wanted to give a quick reminder that our sponsors of this episode today are Vitaly and Chargebee. Vitaly are giving away a free pair of AirPods to all qualified demos. So if you're in the market for a new CS platform, make sure to visit vitally.io forward slash churnfm today. And if you'd like to learn how you can minimize voluntary churn through personalized cancellation experiences, you can check out Chargebee today at chargebee.com forward slash churnfm and let them both know that I sent you. Now back to today's episode. Very nice. And that actually leads me to the next question I had was, how are you going about measuring the effectiveness of this? So again, it's like pretty high touch, but you're able to scale it and reach a large audience. What are some of your measure, like metrics for success and how do you sort of know that you're on the right track when it comes to these different uh, calls that you set up and parties? Yeah, absolutely. So overall, we look at making sure that the people who are coming to these are um, staying upgraded month over month that way. Um, but mostly we kind of break it up into lead indicators being, you know, if they're adding that piece of content to their account, that is a great sign to us that this worked because we know that is an indicator people will stay long, long around longer if they've added at least 10 pieces of content within the first week. Um, we look at things like uh, if you do uh, drop off and you do not add things, you know, again, we look at ways of being able to reach out to you to see if you'll come to an office hour session if you didn't do anything after your content batching party. So again, a whole kind of slew of making sure these all work together. Um, but the main things we look at is, is people at, are people adding things to their account because we know that allows people to stay along, around longer and we look at the lifetime value. Do people who attend these actual workshops with us stay along, around longer than the same cohort who signed up at the same time but didn't attend this? And we find that they do and we find that overall they are adding um, more content to their account. So that is a really great way of us saying, okay, this is worth our time and investment in making sure that we have this connection with our community. Um, we also do a survey at the end of any of them to get a little bit more qualitative feedback. We just have a Google form set up that asks them, you know, what feature did you love learning about today? Um, you know, do you have any feedback for what you'd like to learn next time, which helps us inform our content strategy quite a bit more as well. Um, and we ask them uh, for any other feedback sort of about the actual party. So it's a really great way um, not only to kind of see the language that people are using and to get that qualitative feedback, but month over month looking and making sure that these people are staying around. 
um, and trying to make it beneficial for people to actually come back every single month so that they can come in here and say, oh, look, I see that this person from last month is in here too. I love chatting with them. Like, let me chat with them again. So that's really our goal is, again, to keep this as high touch as possible. And we found that it is an amazing differentiator when we get feedback on, you know, um, I love your customer support team. I love this. This is a reason that we'll stay with Edgar rather than leaving to a cheaper option. So it also allows us again, that value for value saying, okay, we feel good about our price point of our app because we're offering these other things that people are seeing some really great returns on and they don't have to spend the time, um, searching around for these things. We can save them the time and teach them right then and there. Excellent. I love that. I think there's like so much value. That's often one of those things when it comes to community and it's like, what is the ROI? And it's very difficult to sort of pinpoint uh, the exact ROI, but when you start to lay out all the different benefits that you get from it in terms of uh, feedback feeding into the product, being close to your customers, the viral word of mouth that comes out of it, uh, it becomes sort of a no brainer, but also I love how you've thought through sort of the measurement process and uh, you've taken sort of retention and churn as a lagging metric and tried to understand what were those inputs that were impacting it uh, and figuring out some of those key driving actions, for example, like adding content and the amount that they're adding and really then building around your calls and the practices that you do to try and drive these actions and measure the success of those actions against it. So sounds like you've got a really, really great formula going there uh, currently. Um, the one thing I also wanted to ask then was you mentioned earlier that you, you serve as sort of like the bridge between uh, the product and the marketing team. Uh, maybe you want to talk us through how you're leveraging these calls then and what is sort of the process to collect and like uh, pass this feedback and this input on to the various teams. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so one of the things that we really kind of look at when it comes to especially getting this feedback out to our marketing team is just what does our community want to learn and what do they actually have struggle with? Um, you know, this idea that it takes about seven touch points in order to build brand loyalty and trust with your followers is something that we consider um, very strongly when it comes to getting a lead in. And our customer support, support team and our marketing team work really Really closely to nurture to make sure you're in the right mindset and you've been educated properly before you buy our software so you are ready to hit the ground running and feel like you're getting the most value out of it right away um, so one thing that we've done that has really come really a great long way is making sure that in our marketing emails that we're putting the access to these things like shortcut sessions and mentioning things like our content matching party um, in the marketing emails to our whole list again to add value another thing that we did was we actually set up a program that's called social by seven for our leads and what this is is it's a seven-day email course that you can opt into so we use it as a list builder but we use it in a way that we're able to send out um, lessons that we've taken from what our actual power users are doing and what kind of strategy they have come up with within their account to build trust with their own followings and to sell on social media. And we teach them these lessons in a seven day email series that's really actionable. We give people many um, action points to, to actually go ahead and tackle so that they can see results right within that email, um, right after they take the action that was presented to them in that email. Uh, social by seven again 
and goes only to our leads. And we also have a Facebook group that people can come in and interact with just for our leads there. And after that seven day course, we then nurture them a little bit further until we actually present them with an offer for our software. Um, and this was really born again out of some of these things that we were seeing people who were churning and who were, weren't staying longer than a month just really didn't get some of the concepts like how to batch your content, how to create consistency on social media, and how to create a really diverse social media posting schedule. So we found, you know, these were the main things coming up on our cancellation feedback. These were the main things we were struggling to kind of teach in these content batching parties and office hours um, in a way that we felt like we were repeating the same thing over and over again. So feeding that information back and really getting into the minds of who our ideal customer is and where are they when they buy, you know, when they buy, are they ready and what kind of actual things are they coming into the software with that's helping them succeed. So noticing these things of who's succeeding, who's not, what mindset are they in, what actions are they taking. If we can get people ready in that seven day email course before we try to sell to them, we have a much better opportunity to then be able to keep them, which is much easier to do to keep that customer than continuously try to sell to them without them being in the right mindset. So that's one way that these things have really helped guide our marketing strategy quite a bit um, for building up a great opportunity for people to uh, be successful right away. Um, with our product, we have a lot of different ways where we feed these things back um, and we have a slack room dedicated to just um, making sure that we're putting in um, the feedback from what questions and what industry people said that they were in when they come to these parties. Um, we also have a really great Trello board that anyone on the team can contribute to as feature requests. Um, and it's very much so done in a way that we look at the majority of feature requests coming in from our customers and seeing, you know, are these things that are going to actually help, um, you know, what are these signals versus what's just noise on what people think that they want and working through it with our team. Um, and our team is really great at making sure that we're staying prioritized in what's going to help the customer rather than what we think is going to help um, the customer. So just relying on these, uh, the ability to communicate to this to our team, especially being a remote team here at Edgar, using things like a Trello board in order to storyline out what features and why people will use it, as well as kind of softwares um, that are more task oriented like Asana, um, to go on in there and make sure that everyone from our team, all of the stakeholders have had their voice heard and why and how to build this feature that people want has become really useful as well. Um, we use other things like Hotjar in order to really see where on the pages people are clicking, stuff like that. Um, but really the things that inform kind of our, um, a great bridge between having a customer support feel like they have a voice in this has really helped our team, the customer experience and support team, to be able to have real discussions with people. You know, you don't want to write into a customer support team and feel like they're just saying, okay, thanks for your feedback. It really helps us go a little bit deeper and say, oh, I love this feature idea. Can you expand on that a little and tell me, you know, what circumstance would you use this in? Um, you know, present me with uh, kind of this real life example and stuff like that. So we can not only let that inform, is this really important for our ideal customer? Is this something that's just going to be used by one person or will it be used by the majority of our people? It also helps us inform, you know, who these customers are if we feel like we have a say in the support team in making these arguments and making um, these priority decisions for our product team it helps us have those conversations in a way that we really want to dig deep 
and it just helps us get to know our customer user base that we can feed back into the persona that our marketing team is working off of writing towards and producing video and stuff towards. Very, very cool. Sounds like we've got a lot of good processes going on all around and really good alignment in terms of understanding who the ideal customer profile is, which then makes it so much easier to prioritize and ensure you're feeding back the right inputs to the different teams. Um, so I have another question I ask everyone on the show. Uh, and uh, this question is basically, if you had to start a new role at a company and you moved in and you saw like churn and retention wasn't great and uh, you were tasked with turning things around, what would be some of the things that you'd do in the first three months to get results for the company? Absolutely. Great question. So I think first and foremost, it's thinking about how you can have real conversations with real people. I think that um, this is the biggest thing, like you were just mentioning, whoever is aligning with their customer best is going to be the person who's able to speak to that customer in a way that they want to be heard and felt like um, this software or this product was made exactly for them. So I think first and foremost, any way that you can have real conversations, whether it's doing like a town hall meeting or something with um, an open format where anyone can join or sitting down looking for ways to be in contact with like three power users, um, three at-risk users, and three people have canceled or something like that. So you can get an overall feel of the things that are working, not working, um, the things people are ambivalent about versus excited about and getting a good idea there. Um, I think next, it's doing things and thinking outside of the box on how you can communicate um, different things to your customers. You know, like uh, we do user emails that help to educate people. We have an onboarding sequence, obviously, to help educate people in the email form. But we also know that not everyone opens up emails. So looking for other ways that you can start to um, really get in touch with and educate your customers. So we do things like um, we do Facebook ads to our users. So we spend money for retention on that end that we run ads in order to show people how to do different workflows or different suggestions on content to add, stuff like that. So just putting, looking for ways to maybe put a little bit of money around reaching people outside of just user emails. Again, whether that's doing a webinar or whether that's doing Facebook ads, stuff like that. Um, and third, and a third, I would definitely look for ways for how you can make your product be a little more integrated with the person's entire day. So when someone is about to use your product, think about what they've done before, what they're going to do after it, and think about how your product really fits into that. Because if you're just thinking about making a product for someone when they're just using it, you're not going to think how it fits into their whole entire day. So thinking how it streamlines a little bit further um, beyond when they're just using it can help not only with your communication, but can help you sit in the shoes of your user a little bit and say, okay, what features would make this easier? Um, whether it's just communicating um, your onboarding sequence or whether it's actually changing the design of your app. Again, thinking about kind of the whole day of your ideal customer. Yeah, I love so much of what you said now. And just on the last points as well, in terms of uh, making sure you align with what their day looks like. I think also this is also something, a misconception sometimes where people try to look at churn and retention and they're perhaps looking at a daily uh, retention rate when really maybe the natural frequency or use case of the tool would be weekly or even monthly. Uh, so having that clear picture of what their customers are doing on a day-to-day -day basis on a weekly and monthly will give them a good indication of where they should be fitting in with that flow and how do you stay relevant and uh, make sure that people are thinking of you when they need you. 
the one thing you mentioned as well, which I'm super keen to hear a little bit more about, uh, see we're running up a bit on time, but I wanted to find out more was uh, using Facebook ads to put content in front of existing customers. Uh, what spawned this idea and uh, how is it working out for you? Yeah, great question. So of course we have a strategy on Facebook ads to get brand awareness out to those who might not know about our solution um, or, or those who we think are ready to buy. So we'll market with Facebook ads, but it really came down again to the fact that we were seeing um, on our onboarding email sequence and our user updates a lower email open rate than we would really hope for. We really want to make sure that people are seeing our new features, learning about how to best use and optimize our older features. Um, but when people don't open their emails all the time, it's a little bit hard to be like, ah, I want you to make sure you have this information. Um, so our idea is, you know, if people don't want to consume our content or don't open their emails very often, um, how else can we get this content out to them? Because again, it's not what's best for us. It's what's best and how and where your community consumes content that you need to think about. So our community, um, we do a social media automation service. So our community is on social media pretty often. They're marketers who are focused on marketing their product or service on social media. So if they're not opening their email, where else can we reach them? Well, the next step would be to perhaps think they're on social media during the day. So we need to go out there and reach them with these, this information on social media because that's where they want to consume it. Um, and it doesn't take that much, you know, it doesn't take a huge budget in order to do this. Um, it just makes sure that we stay on top of mind and it catches those people again who might not have opened our email, but we still want to get that information across to them. And if you can stay on top of people's mind and um, do things like educate them, that's going to give them a really great value or entertain them some way. That again is going to give them a great value if they're on social media just for entertainment purposes. So we try to make these really light. We try to make them really conversational. Um, we try to have them with a face in it. We find that does really well, again, for that connection that might not be available. Um, or seeing right away just being a software company being like hey we're real people behind it please reach out to us the more contact we have the better um, this is how you do this a certain workflow or like have you thought about doing this um, and yeah we've seen it work really well and just making sure we're staying top of mind to people and staying um, in a way that they feel like they're getting a ton of value and being educated by us so these ads are purely educational uh, we try to keep them really light and just making sure that people are staying um, brand aware kind of especially within that first three month period where we know uh, people are going to drop off at a higher rate than if it becomes a part of their actual workflow and they feel like they can't um, post to social media without us because they've seen all the time saving that it's done for them. I love that. Uh, and so you've seen this work really, really well for you. Uh, yeah, it absolutely. To... It's something we love being able to offer, again, where pe people can consume and get educated during the email. If that's not where they hang out, at least yeah. we give them another option for where they can have that education. And it makes a lot of sense as well. I think like certain channels are super saturated. Uh, people prefer to consume content in different ways, in different manners. Some might be text, some might be video. Uh, but being able to sort of cater to the multiple different ways in which people prefer to consume their content, you sort of raise and increase your chances of actually reaching them, reaching them at the right point in time and having an influence, being able to educate them. Absolutely. Uh, great. Um, well, Megan, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Before we end the call today, though, like, is there any last bit of advice you'd like to leave your listeners with? Uh, maybe let us know how they can keep up to date with uh, things that meet Edgar and take it from there. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Meet Edgar is meetedgar.com. Um, like I said, you're more than welcome to join in on these uh, conversations for our shortcut and coffee chats. Just get on our email list and we'll let you know where those are at. Uh, we have a great blog that goes ahead and um, does a lot of content marketing around social media. So check that out if you're interested in learning more about social media. Um, and just kind of last words on uh, what's worked for us well is just thinking about ways that even if you're a small team, that you can still be really personal because when it comes down to it, people buy from people in life. They want to have connections to people, not just logos. So the more personalized you can be, even as a small team, um, the better. And there's a lot of really creative ways that you can go ahead and have these one-on-one -on -one conversations and have these kind of group calls with people without it kind of overtaking your job and feeling like you don't have time for anything else. So just get creative with it and know that it is so worth the time um, for your entire team to be able to have that face-to-face -face or have that uh, connection with your users. Yeah, I think it's a super, super powerful message. Uh, at the end of the day, it's like sometimes we forget behind the software as people and making sure you maintain that connection and be able to get close to your customer. You're ultimately going to keep them happy, keep them like brand aware and loyal as well. And again, helping with churn and retention as a result. So Megan, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. I really, really appreciate your time and I wish you best of luck going forward. Thanks so much. It was a fun chat. Have a good one. Thanks. Cheers. And that's a wrap for the show today with me, Andrew Michael. I really hope you enjoyed it and you're able to pull out something valuable for your business. To keep up to date with churn.fm and be notified about new episodes, blog posts, and more, subscribe to our mailing list by visiting churn.fm. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have any feedback, good or bad, I would love to hear from you. And you can provide your blunt, direct feedback by sending it to andrew at churn.fm. Lastly, but most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave a review as it really helps get the word out and grow the community. Thanks again for listening. See you again next week. And with that, I just want to say a big thanks again to Vitaly and Chargebee for sponsoring this episode. If you do decide to check them out at vitaly.io forward slash churnfm and chargebee.com forward slash churnfm, please make sure to let them know I sent you because tracking podcast advertising is traditionally very difficult and I want to make sure we deliver value to them both so that we can retain them as our sponsors. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you again next week.